not the mama, 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 not the mama. You do that one more time and I'm gonna throw you across the room. Hello, welcome to Not the Mama with Auntie Julia. I am your host, Auntie Julia, and with us today, very special guest, comedian, writer, and actor, Drew Anderson. Hi. Welcome, oh. Drew. Thanks for coming to the pod. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, Auntie Julia's technical issues affected us again, and Drew got to listen to the opening sequence of Dinosaurs. Thrilled. <laughs> Your Lucky eyes me. did light up when I told you I was going to play it. I know, it. I know. <laughs> Do you it, remember it from when you were Oh, yes. I loved this show. It was. It, I, it's one of the things that everyone remembers, but you also, everyone forgets, too. And it was like, it was the Jim Henson Company. I think, I think. so. It was on ABC. Okay. And I and I loved I it. I specifically it was remember that. so bizarre. It was so bizarre. Because it's literal people in dinosaur costumes. Yeah. Except for the baby. The baby was like a Muppet puppet. Yeah. And it was like sort of like our answer to the Flintstones, kind of? Like, yeah. I don't but know. like, did we need an answer to the Flintstones? <laughs> In the 90s? Like, or whatever? No, I don't think so. But they gave it to us. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, thank you to the baby. What yeah. was his name? Sinclair. Yeah, Sinclair. Without Sinclair, I don't even know if we'd have now. Also, the, the, teen- the teenage son. Oh, yeah. What was his he was, name? He can definitely get it. Yeah. He, <laughs> he was, was like, like stereotypically 90s teen. Yes. Like, that's teenies, how I thought I would be hot I was teen. a teen. For sure. Yeah. It didn't turn out that way. But uh, anyway, so bonus for Drew, but bonus also for bonus me. for us because yeah. you're here. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. So today is also the special Valentine's Day episode. Uh, so much gosh. love. Yeah. Um, I actually really like Valentine's Day. I think it's cute and fun and it can be about whatever you want it to be about. Absolutely. Um, but more so, we're going to talk about Valentine's Day in the context of self-love and our yeah. overall theme for the year at Not The Mama, mm-hmm. being whole and complete just as we are. Um, self-acceptance is very important. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, super happy to have Drew here. He is an exceptional comedian, but also an incredible actor. Oh, thank you. He's in uh, Handmaid's Tale. And I was just, I remember just being like, oh my gosh, so taken with you. Because oh. you were, you were so good. I mean, the oh, whole show you. was so good. Yeah. But like, incredible. Oh, and I'm thinking about this now because she also thought you were incredible at it, but Lisa says hi. I Lisa. Just her you got here. Hi, Lisa. Um, anyway, so we're very lucky that you agreed to come oh chat. Oh my gosh, this is my pleasure. I'm just um, crazy about you. Back yeah. at you. Yeah. Look at this. All this Valentine's Day giggly <laughs> eyes. love. Just full of love. It is, it is fun, too. And I have appreciated doing the podcast because it does force you to connect with people that you wouldn't always see yeah. all the time. You yeah. Know? Like, and, like, have time, time and chat. be able to sit down and be present. Yeah. It's nice. Exactly. Yeah. And talk about things you wouldn't normally talk about. Yeah. Because, like... You know, in the context, and I think like this is what is cool about this podcast and why people do connect to it, is it's hard to have these conversations just in general. Like, to, you know, I think it's hard to even have these thoughts to ourselves sometimes. And so I feel really privileged that I have so many friends who will come and not only you know, talk to me about it, but talk publicly and openly yeah, about it. Yeah. So right. I always say that listeners, we always take this very seriously. They're mm-hmm. very good about 
accepting what people share here. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, on that note, yeah. Drew, mm-hmm. why don't you give us some perspective on where you're at with the parenting decision? Yeah, I mean, so I think so much of I think when I was younger, what was what I um, what sort of informed my decision to want to have kids was just uh, the emotion behind it, like yeah. the excitement of having a kid and and raising a, a child. And then, like as I've gotten older and more mature, I realize how much money it is. <laughs> yeah, and like I know that's it's a little nuts to go right to that to that, but like I, especially living in New York City, yeah. and just like I can creative. bear yeah and being creative it's like I it would be a joy to be in a partnership with someone and decide to you know um, have a kid adopt a kid um, but I I just like there's no I can barely yeah take care of myself you know so yeah. it's 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 a hard decision for me to make you know I it's not sort of in any kind of realm of possibility for me right now yeah um, if if that wasn't a, if that was sort of um, not a not a like a question or on the table, I would um, I think I would. I yeah, think I would. And I think that's like a good point because you know it's a very real point to make. Yeah. Like people, it's kind of like with love, right? Like yeah. there are things that you have to consider outside of just wanting to be in love. Like, absolutely, you know? absolutely. Like, if this person makes sense for you, if this yeah. person is good to you, yeah. it, if this person is going to actually be a partner to you if you and this person share the same values um, if you and this person want to be actually located in the same place you know because sometimes people fall in love and they just you know want different things like whatever you know right being in love is not just enough to make it work of course and in that same context i think wanting a kid is not enough to make being a parent work either right you know where i think a mature person a thoughtful person a person who really understands you know the commitment of loving a child and having a child yeah considers that right? right so i think you know sometimes people are just like appalled that people spend time considering or thinking about it in those kind of bare bones contexts about Mm -hmm. money and you know if I can put my own self desires aside enough you know to do that and and like and I'm like the most sort of like whimsical person like whimsical and sort of like I let my most of my decisions I would say are guided by my emotions but as I'm getting older like I just I don't know if it's like I've become jaded living in New York City or just, you know, just sort of becoming um, more aware of what it means to be an adult and take care of yourself. I think that... And what it means to actually love somebody and care for somebody. Yes, yes. And and the resources you need to give to properly care for someone. You know, if you want to become a parent you do have to start thinking about it before you're actually a parent. Of course, of course. And that's part of loving that child, you right, know, getting right. yourself prepared. And, you know, having money is, you know, the, the decision to have kids is, of course it's about money. Like, right, how could you not consider? You have to feed a person. Right, of course. You have to house a person. Right, of course. And those things are harder to do in New York. They just they're, emphatically are. They're so much harder. But, yeah, I think about that, too, sometimes. I mean... I think that if I had all the money in the world, I would still not want a kid uh-huh. and I would just want to travel and uh-huh. see my Great. nieces and nephews yeah. and yeah. friends' kids and all that. Um, 
But sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe I just get a nanny and, you yeah. know. <laughs> but then right, it's like, right. well, I don't want to do that. Of <laughs> you know? course, but of course. if you did have all the money in the world, you wouldn't have to think about all those things so yeah, much it's as hard. far it's as a, where exactly. you're going to keep a kid and yeah. could you still do comedy right. and get babysitters and all that kind of stuff yeah. that are required. I, yeah, I think that if, I maybe if I had a little more stability, because mm-hmm. I think in like my heart of hearts, I would want a kid. Yeah. I think that the emo- like I, I think it would be an, an incredible experience and I've always loved kids. Yeah. And but to have I, a family. Uh, yeah, yeah. And to have a family. And yeah. so where how old are you now? Thirty two. Thirty two. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're still I think I'm thirty four. I think we're all very young. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna feel young until I'm in my fifties, to be quite honest. Yeah. That's my outlook on things. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's because the older I get the more extensive the age ranges of my friendships mm-hmm. with people. I've got friends in my 50s mm-hmm. and I've got friends in my early 20s, you know, and uh, you have you have more of an understanding of age and what that means. And so I firmly believe that in our 30s now, we're just like youthful, but a little bit more mature than we were a couple of years ago. Of course, of course. And so it makes total sense in my brain that yeah. we're all still figuring things out, you yeah. know? Yeah. And um, so you're in your early 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your relationship status? I'm single. Single. I'm okay. single. Are you um, actively dating? Well, I. that's also been something that I've been kind of um, trying to uh, explore more and, and make it sort of an active effort with dating. Because yeah. I, I also think like another sort of the, another side of this coin is that as a gay man, I kind of feel um, like there's that kind of like trying to make up for lost time. Yeah. Thing, you know, like after you come out or it, not even necessarily, not just as a gay man, just right. as a gay person. Um, there, there's just, there's this time that you're making up for. Mm-hmm. And so like, that means like maybe you're hooking up with people or, yeah. you know what I mean? You're, you're more like sexually active, which is great. Like yeah. those are all things you... You should be doing exploring your sexuality, but I think like because of that, my timeline has kind of been pushed a little yeah. bit. Yeah. When so did you come then out? I came out my freshman year of college. Okay. So it was like like nineteen. Yeah. So it was like yeah, you know, over ten years ago. But I think, you know, I was kind of like using that time in my twenties to kind yeah. of like make up for my adolescence, right, in which I yeah. was like. Not I wasn't sexually active at all. Yeah, and so, did you know you were gay before you came out? Yeah, for yeah, time? yeah, yeah. I just never, I just wasn't sexually active, really. Yeah, and it's not even just about well, in my, in my experience as a straight person. So my sexual awakening, it wasn't even about having sex or you know doing physical things, but having the crushes and being open of about course, them and learning course. how to work out the emotions of that. Right, and right. I can only assume that that would be something that would probably be, you know, something that you wrestled with in yeah. a closed way. Right, exactly. So you're sort of coming to terms with all that on your own mm-hmm. or not even coming to terms with it, just sort of like either, you know, pushing it aside or, you know what I mean, journal, unless you yeah. have, unless you have, close friends who you can speak to, but I didn't, I didn't have that. Yeah. So because I sort of like, everything was kind of a little bit, the, the timeline was pushed a bit. I think like most of my twenties were spent kind of having fun and like yeah. exploring, which is great. But I think now as a 32 year old, I'm sort of at the point where I'm like, okay, but I ultimately 
do want a partner and I want to um, have support and and support someone else and, you know, be vulnerable with someone, but I just don't have as much practice dating. Yeah. Because it's sort of been sex-focused, Yeah. to be honest. So... Yeah, and I mean, maybe, uh, obviously you can speak more to this, but I know some of my other gay male friends have you know, shared, like, a lot of frustrations about dating to find yeah, love. Yeah, of course, because of course. it's all, you know, it's, there's this, you know, gay machismo where mm-hmm. it's, like, you need to have as many partners as possible, mm-hmm. and it's about appearances in some cer- circumstances. I mean, that's not different from being straight, of course. Right. But it does make partnerships a little bit different. As and also, as it's, like... Them. In the culture of like the of the apps, like I mean, mm. going on Grinder, it's like, you know, people are, you're you're fucking first, and then you're or you're. Can I say that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we're explicit. Yeah, we're yeah, very yeah. explicit here. You're fucking, you're fucking <laughs> first, and then you, like sometimes yeah. you'll then you'll work your way, you know, you'll work backwards, or you won't see the person again. So it's mm-hmm. like I don't have as much, I don't have as much experience, like sort of just building something, yeah, courting someone. And I'm yeah. obviously not speaking on behalf of, of every, no. you know, queer person, but... But I think that's true of, like, straight relationship culture now, too, yeah. where people are, like, freaking out about it. I mean, because we talk a lot about um, the birth rate replacement uh-huh. on the pod because it's uh-huh. decreasing, yeah. and it's like, whoa, people are freaking out, you know? <laughs> but they're also freaking out about straight marriages. Because hmm. um, they're declining as yes, well? Yes, yeah. more. I mean, they blame millennials for everything. Millennials aren't buying diamond right, engagement right, rings. Right, right, and they're right. not spending as much money on weddings. Right, like, right. Yeah, because we don't have any money because we've all taken it from all of us. There's but no more also, money. There's no more jobs. And I think people are also taking the time to, to figure out what they want. Well, and I think, too, and maybe, I mean, this is just me talking out of my ass. I don't know anything. But I think you're exactly right with the app culture, especially your experience as a gay male. But I think that's, you know, the flip side of it is coming into straight heterosexual couples as well. Because we're not, especially because women are more sexually invigorated to do what they want and to, you know, explore themselves the way they want to. It's not this rush to just find this one person. So people are more focused for a longer period of time on just like hookup culture and having fun and, you know, experiencing that kind of stuff. I think that's great. Right. But I think it is interesting because it is creating this void now because right. I think it's it's as much as, you know, people want to hook up and everything, it's just as natural to want to partner off and yeah. like find someone to be committed with. Right. And so it's kind of like now we're in this place where you got to figure out the balance mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. where, you know, it doesn't have to be one or the other, right? Uh, yeah. And, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm sort of in this precarious position where I'm, what I've sort of been doing and I didn't notice I was doing it until recently is that I sort of get everything that I would get from a partner in a relationship from my girlfriends. Yeah. Like from my close friendships. Mm-hmm. And I'm very lucky that I have a lot of like very close um, friendships with, with people and then I'll get the sex from yeah the men. So it's mm-hmm. like sort of like, uh, I can like compartmentalize the yeah. two. So it's like I'm sort of now realizing that it's like I, I cherish my friendships. That's never yeah. going to go away. But it's like how can I be actually vulnerable with a partner mm-hmm. and um, not rush so quickly to sex? Because yeah. I'm just I'm very wired to like um, to want to have sex and then like also know instantly whether I'm attracted to someone and yeah. not let something build and mm-hmm. you know attraction builds you know. 
Well, and that's something that I think about a lot in my con my, in the context of my relationship with Lane, because I actually don't have any experience on the apps. We mm-hmm. started dating before those were even really yeah. a thing, yeah. and I did for a very short period of time do online dating. Um, and that was annoying enough for me. Mm-hmm. And Lane and I, we were friends first and then, you know, kind of just realized, oh, we're kind of into each yeah, other. Yeah. And it just kept working, you know. And, yeah. but, the, but that's not to say that it's been a perfect relationship, even though we're pretty solid people and committed to each other. Um, I've realized more and more it's this constant, you know, re-choosing each other that mm-hmm. we do. And I think that that's something I could have only learned in a relationship and but it's something that I needed to also kind of know before getting a relationship so I mean I'm glad that it worked out for me but I I was single for a very long time before Lane and I were together which I think was valuable for my life and my experiences but I remember that frustration of wanting to find my person and mm-hmm. wanting to create that intimacy yeah. and yeah. that real commitment. Yeah. But you just can't force it. I'm it, not, it's... yeah. I'm not frustrated. Yeah. Though. Oh, okay. I've never, I've never been someone who's like, where's my person? Mm-hmm. When's it going to happen? Because like I have such rich friendships and yeah. I, I, I don't, I'm not seeking that out from someone. Yeah. Um, and Maybe that's why I've sort of only mm-hmm. been focusing on sex, but I, I think I would, of course, like yeah. to meet someone. But I, um, well, it will come. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not worried. I'm not I mean, worried about like it. The but thing. I, it's like, especially if you can acknowledge that you have such deep relationships with your friends, mm-hmm. which I think, as a person in a relationship, is my friendships are super important to me too, mm-hmm. and what I've seen a lot with some friends who have gotten married and then have kids and kind of they've sort of allowed themselves to be engulfed in Mm -hmm. that track of life. Mm -hmm. Um, And not to say that I still don't. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like you're, even if you have that intimate partner that is, you know, your person, whatever, it's still so important, not only for your emotional well-being, but also for the care that you want to show your friends to retain that too. Of course. So, and it can be tiring sometimes, you know, but like it's really a valuable thing to yeah. see your friends in that way, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it should just be as important yeah. as a romantic partnership. Right. You right. know, but that is yeah. an interesting point that, you know, that's kind of the emotional relationships you have with your friends are sort of overshadowing what you could have with a partner. Right. But I think like ultimately it's like I'm, it's very easy for me to be vulnerable with my friends. But when it comes to a potential partner, it's like, I think that's why sex makes things kind of like easy because you don't actually have to be vulnerable with them emotionally. So that's sort of what I'm trying to work on is bringing that same vulnerability that I bring to my friendships with a potential partner. And what's your approach been so far? To, that. to dating mm-hmm. or to kind I, of changing that mindset. So, like, take little, taking a little break from Grinder and, mm-hmm. and um, apps for me that have been focused primarily on sex, and shifting more to like other apps, having friends set me up with mm-hmm. people they think I hit it off with. Always a danger. <laughs> I would say ninety percent of like not good, but like the t- I've gone on some at least you know a couple dates with people who I've been you know who I've liked a little yeah. bit I don't know I'm just it's all about rewiring for yeah. me because I'm like I'm hardwired to you know go after those sort of you know 
aloof I think that's boys. how we all are. We all are. We all want the aloof you know? people who don't pay us any attention, who are cool and hot and mysterious and seem like full of passion. Yeah. Truly would never bring you soup if you were sick. Right. Well, yeah. and that's like the funny thing, like with my experience with Lane, you know, we were friends for years and we had the same friend group or whatever. No one would have ever thought to set us up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also like, I never thought of him in that way. It was just like, oh, Lane, you know, oh, he's so cute, like whatever, like just Lane. And mm-hmm. then it was like all of a sudden it just kind of churned. And it's so funny because I know with some of my other friends, like our mutual friends who've gotten together, it's happened like that too, like with uh, Megan and CJ, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, they've known each other forever. We've all been in the same friend group. No one would in a million years been like, you should really think about Megan. You should go on a date with CJ. She would have been like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know? And like, they're so perfect. But it's uh, but it's like again, like you're you're able to be vulnerable with your right. friends and like a really um, in a really amazing way. So it's like, of course, that would be the best foundation for right. a relationship. It's like you are able to be yourself with them. Yeah, but it's just funny in the context of friend setups because of course. they rarely they're, they're, they're very hard. hard. It's hard, very hard. It's hard. Know? So I, I'm open to that. You know, I'm just trying to sort of take. Po- I don't know if positive is the right word, but just I'm trying to take steps in, in a different direction and yeah. try and rewire a bit because I'm yeah I'm I really it's easier for me to to do the one night stands. Yeah. And not be vulnerable. Well, and like to, you know, go back to the whole decision to have kids and whatnot, Mm -hmm. you just totally bypass all of that kind of stuff, you know? Um, Do you have any experience of talking about that with the romantic partners at all? Like future plans or anything like that? Never. And I mean, I've only, so in terms of long-term relationships, when I, when I, I dated my boyfriend in college for Two years. Okay. That was, like, I came out, dated my boyfriend for two years, and then, like, more or less, I dated, like, a couple people here and there, but didn't have, uh, haven't had a ton of long-term relationships, so I've never really had that conversation of, like, do you want kids? Like, where do you see yourself in five years? Do you want to live in the city? You know? And with, I mean, have you, do you have this idea in your mind of what type of man you want to meet? Or like, yes. what, what, so what is he like? Um, uh, not, not in entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so like, you're not going to date a comedian. <laughs> not going to date a comedian. Someone who's very grounded, <laughs> communicative, smart, funny, but not, again, not yeah. a comedian, not anyone involved in yeah, um, entertainment fields. Um, someone who's sensitive and, um, I think also someone who's just, who, who is compassionate and, um, I don't know, I would say is sweet, but also in, like enjoys sex and is, yeah. is, is their own person too. Is their own person. Yeah. I, and I think it's, you know, from experience dating a comedian, yeah. not to pat myself on the back, mm-hmm. but as a non-comedian, <laughs> yeah. it's very important to enjoy comedy and to enjoy the creative process and mm-hmm. to understand it because it is different, you know, like you have shows at night, you have to go to open mics, like your schedule can be kind of wild, like you are chasing a dream, you know, and so many of my friends will meet great people who, especially yeah. like at shows and stuff too, 
And then it's like a month into it, two months into it, it's like, oh, do you really have to go that mic? Do you really have to, you know? And so there is sort of a balance too. Like you do want to meet somebody who has their own stuff going on too, but is also appreciative of your thing. Yeah. Um, which can be hard to find, but it definitely exists, yeah. you know, and I don't think it's crazy to want those things. Right. I think it's good to know that that is what you want yeah. because you're not going to waste time with the wrong person who could be damaging. Right. You know, but that's like always the balance yeah. with everything. So you kind of talked a little bit before, going back a bit when I asked you the initial question about the parenting decision about um, being a child and like thinking like, oh, it'd be great to have a kid someday. Can you talk a little, if, what are, what are your memories of thinking about being a parent when you were a kid? When I was a kid? Yeah. Like how did um, you envision it? So <clears throat> I, like my, um, my parents got divorced when I was 10. Okay. So I had like a very kind of, I mean, do my child, I do. Yeah. I was, um, I'm in, I've got two brothers and two stepbrothers. So mm-hmm. mi- in the middle of my two brothers. Okay. Um, so like I always was, I would say the kind of like the peacemaker mm-hmm. in the family, like was always trying to like smooth things over and like make sure that everyone was taken care of. So I, I think that that sort of influenced my decision to want to have kids. Yeah. If, if only to like sort of provide that for my own kids. Cause it's mm-hmm. hard when your parents are getting divorced, yeah. obviously. Of course. Um, so I think that was kind of the, um, the reason why I wanted to have kids so badly is I think I just wanted to be in control. Be in control. Of your own family. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I remember when I was a kid, I remember seeing my parents as like, it sort of, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to explain this correctly the way that I saw it in my brain, but because um, my parents are still married and they're together mm-hmm. and I have two sisters and I'm the oldest of them. And I just remember getting so annoyed with my parents all the time from as early as I can remember because they were the parents and they would have these conversations about everything and they'd make all these decisions and Mm -hmm. then um, we would be told these things. And Mm -hmm. it always felt to me like they were, you know, like the camp counselors or the director of the show and I'm obviously like a person who likes to be in charge and so it would drive me nuts all the time. But it never made me want to have kids. It just always made me want to be like, I've always had control. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need kids to tell what to do, to, you know, because my mom would always like, and I know that on my mom's end, obviously she probably didn't mean to be communicating like this all the time, but she would always be like, oh, let me talk to you. She was always kind of like a no then yes person Mm -hmm. and she would want to talk to my dad about it and then they'd have these plans and, you know, and I would just always get so like in my own internal struggle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I, I'm already in control, like, you know, and I don't want, like, I just want people yeah. to do what they want and, yes. you know, yes. and so I think it kind of manifests itself in different ways. Yeah. Like yeah. if you have too much control in your life, maybe you don't want any, you know, I just, yeah, I just yeah. like to be unrestricted because yeah. I also think in my brain too, I see kids as oh, they would be running the show, you know, because yeah. <laughs> I have to change so oh, much. Yeah. But it totally makes sense to want to be a caregiver and nurturer. Of course. And, of course. and I like also like over the years have done like a ton of like childcare job, like yeah. nanny, camp counselor, I've done all I've done yeah. every kind of thing. And it's like you really get an you really get an insider's, you know, yeah. sort of look into just like the kids that are shitty, like what how are their parents treating them? Yeah. Or like the kids that are awesome, like how are their parents? And it's like I think it's easier said than done, but you see, like 
the cool kids, like the great kids I used to nanny, these like these boys in Park Slope, they were so cool, so down to earth, just like easy, just yeah. just great kids. And I was like, wow, how did they do that? Like, how did their parents do that? <clears throat> and the parents were just like, I would say, hands hands off enough. Yeah. But still in charge. But still in charge. Yeah. And it was like so elegant. It was yeah. like, I, I I don't know. I, there was, and then you see the shitty kids. Yeah. And you realize that their parents like are, are governing every single step they take. Yeah. And it's like. You know, or, or not doing anything. Or not doing not anything. It's anything. like it's like yeah, you can do whatever you want. Exactly, you want. and then they turn into monsters. Mm-hmm. It has so to be that balance. there's got to be that balance, and I think it's tricky to 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 figure out. Um, do you have any nieces or nephews? Well, my brother Ooh. and his wife just had just had a kid. Oh, a boy or a girl? A boy. His name's Ezra. Ooh. Oh, cute. He was born Thanksgiving. I know a little. Uh, oh, my niece was born in November of last year. Oh, so it's a, good, a little redhead? Yeah. Yeah. So cute. <laughs> Great. She's adorable. <laughs> I love her she's so much. She's so cute. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's interesting, too, because we spent time together over Christmas. and So she's a year and, like, three months now. Yeah. And... Um, at Christmas, she's just a little ham and it's really funny because my sister and her husband are more like reserved, Mm -hmm. like they're very academic, Uh very, you know, very intelligent, but very successful. And like, they've got, they've got control (laughs) and the rules down and everything like that in their lives. Uh And Freya, I mean, maybe she'll turn out like that too. I don't know, but she... (laughs) She's a delight to be around. She never fusses. She never gets super whiny. Um, but she likes to be part of the conversation. So she, like, comes alive around oh people. My God. And she so does sweet. so many... I mean, she does this, like... She knows what she's doing, too. Because if she doesn't feel like there's enough tension on her... She'll do a little she starts, Yeah. She, a little oh, side she, eye, a little shimmy. She shimmies. <laughs> she laughs. She goes, like... That's she so does sweet. This, like, uh, okay, she's like working Like, winks. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was the cutest thing ever. We were just sitting around, and she crawled straight over to Lane, who is yeah. iffy around children, uh-huh. yeah. um, but does like that. Uh-huh. He just has to warm up. Uh-huh. Um, crawls straight over to him, like, reaches for him. He picks her up, and then she's just, like, smiling and eye- giving <laughs> eyes and, like, so happy that yeah. he's showering her with attention. Yeah. So it's sweet. so funny. So I can't. I'm just like so excited to watch her grow up and see what she's gonna be like. I mean, it's nice. It's nice when you're the when you're the aunt or uncle because it's like you still have that distance. Yeah. You can kind of swoop in and spoil them and appreciate them. Yeah. I haven't met him yet. I will say that like where do I, they live? They live in San Francisco. Okay. So we're yeah. going in March for mm-hmm. a week. I'm going with my mom and brother. I'm Fun. very excited. I will say that like, um, and ugh, I know this sounds cheesy, but like I will I will say that I, I haven't met him yet, but like. Just seeing all these pictures, like, I love him yeah. in a way that is, like, so pure and um, I've never, other than, you know, my family, but, like, just loving someone just so naturally and yeah. immediately is so incredible. So I can only imagine how it feels when it when you have a kid and you, um, yeah. that feeling. So, I, I mean, I'm so excited to, to meet him. I don't know if it's just, if, if it's biological, but I'm just, like... Well, I think Google it's also, Gaga. you're excited, you're excited right? Yeah. You know, yeah. you are a person who likes children, yeah. and yeah. you want to be near your <laughs> nephew. Yeah. It's like a new experience right. for you. Of course. Of course. So, of course, that's all encompassing, you yeah. know? Like, 
you want a place to put your love. Right. right. Oftentimes, children are the perfect place to do that. Of course. <laughs> of course. I mean, he's like the background of my phone right now. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you I, follow him. You know the yes, redhead. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the redhead. I get it. I think also it's like it's nice to... You get so caught up in your own shit. It's like it's nice to have someone to just put your love yeah. toward, you know, mm-hmm. to yeah, it's get great. your head out Having of kids... Well, I, I mean, all of my friends have children, mm-hmm. and so the oldest now are turning 11 this year. Wow. And, um... 11? Well, I went to a Christian college. All my okay, so they, like, right out, of, right out of the gate. Oh, my best friends, they got married a month after we graduated. And then had kids shortly after? Yeah, Breck was, like, a surprise, but Jenny was 23 when... We were 23 when he was born, so... Okay. Um, wow. Yeah, so... Um, but I always send them Christmas presents and stuff, and they actually live in Ecuador, and he, he sent me, like, the sweetest thank you note. So Uh, he, they let him watch Jurassic Park this year, which is uh, one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I love it. So, of course, they, like, were telling him about it, Mm -hmm. and his favorite part of the movie is my favorite part, and he drew Clever Girl, like, a raptor on it, and it was like, I miss you. Like, it just, like, melts your heart. So yeah, sweet. it's so fun, that's so, and that's so his cute. sister's great too. You know, so like for me, I find so much joy having kids in my life, mm-hmm. and I think people just want everything to be so black and white in the way the world works. And so if they, if it, if you want to be a parent, a parent, then of course you love children. But if you don't want to be a parent, then of course you hate children. <laughs> and that's never how it works. Some people are parents. I mean, that's a common refrain that people never, people are like, yeah, that makes sense. When parents are like, I hate all kids but my own. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm like, okay, that's weird. You know, yeah. like to me, that's weird because you're going to be around a lot of kids forever now yeah. that you have your own, right? Yeah, of course. And also, I think in my brain, it, and this is where some child free people, radically differ from me it doesn't I don't think you're allowed to hate children really (laughs) I know that people don't like them and I think that it's more about there's a discomfort because they can't do as much they can't communicate Mm -hmm. as clearly um you're removed from what they're interested in it's just a different world so Mm -hmm. I understand that context but I don't think you're ever allowed to hate a whole group no like no, to like you can't hate old actively people. hate kids like, feels psycho. Yeah, it's. Just, I think it's you like, can. I think you can prefer not to be around them. Exactly. I think you can choose to not have them. Right. You can go to places where they're not going to be around. Sure. Like I understand when you go to a, a nice restaurant right, and you're you enjoying, you're yeah. like enjoying a really nice Italian meal. It's like, do you want kids screaming? Like, of course not. No. Do I hate them? No. No. <laughs> It's not, I mean, it's not an option. No, I don't hate them. Just, I, I would probably, I'd rather not be around them. Right, moment, but exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, it's interesting how, of course, like, when you have a new nephew, like, your love, yeah. like, overtakes. Oh, like, yeah. that's, like, a very yeah. rational thought process yeah. for most people, yeah. you know? And I'm sh- I'm assuming that you love your brother and sister-in-law, so Do. why yeah. wouldn't you be excited right. for them of and course. their life milestone, of too, course. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, I definitely think, like, it's a good uh, barometer, too, a little bit about, you know, it will help you probably kind of figure out, like, once you see it in action. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> how much you want to be involved <laughs> yeah. Yeah. with the day-to-day of children things, too, know, in that context. Like, when it's, it's easy like, from afar. You know, it's easy Well, and I do think there is something to be said when it's your family mm-hmm. seeing it, too, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like... You know, because I love being an aunt, and I think I'm a good aunt, but I don't fall in 
volunteer to change diapers like, right, all right, the time. Right. Let's you know? <laughs> I'm not that into feeding her. Yeah. I'll hold her and laugh with her, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll buy her sure, stuff. <laughs> sure, right. But, yeah, so it is, there is a balance. Yeah. So, um, is, is, which parent is remarried with, or both so, remarried? Or? Yeah, so my, both my parents remarried. Okay. Mm-hmm. My and mom's then, in New Jersey and my okay. dad, um, and my stepmom are, um, on the Upper West Side. Oh, oh, great. That's so very fun. close. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's nice to have family around. And yeah. what about your step-siblings? They're um, both in, in Brooklyn. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I haven't lived near family oh, in yeah. forever. Yeah. So it is, it's like one of those things where I just think it's so cool when people have that. When it's nearby. <laughs> yeah, it is nice. Yeah. Especially in New York, I think. Yeah, because New York just place. creates barriers to your life sometimes. <clears throat> so, like... I, I don't think I can handle, like, if all my entire family lived in the small town where I'm from and mm-hmm. being around them all the time in that mm-hmm. context. Um, but New in New nice. York, yeah. it yeah. there's natural barriers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just everyone's so busy. Plus, it takes a while to get around. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much stimuli. But then, how nice to have a home here with your yeah, family. Yeah, it is, it is nice. Yeah. And it's... Everyone's always... Um, making fun of me, including Marsha Belsky. She's listening. <laughs> uh, because I'm always like, I can't hang out tonight because I'm having dinner with my dad. Oh, Marsha would love that if she could have dinner well, with my dad or whatever. <laughs> she's always giving me shit about it, which I understand. Like, but it's, it is nice. And I try yeah. and make as much, I car- try and carve as much time as I can for yeah. my family. Cause it's, it is nice. It's nice to have quiet time. Forever, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so did you grow up in New York then? I grew up outside the city in Westchester. Oh, the suburbs. Cool. Yeah. Well, so how did you end up in Chicago? Um, I, after I graduated from, um, undergrad, I went to Binghamton, upstate New York, not too far from where you are, Rochester, not Rochester. Jamestown. Jamestown, Binghamton's okay. about, I would say, oh, three hours. Three hours away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not far. Um, I moved to Chicago to, um, I was pursuing my master's in, uh, at, I was getting my MFA in acting. Cool. And then nice. for one year and then left, hated it, dropped out, and then started to do comedy and acting around the city. Nice. Stayed there yeah, because I years. did yeah. not meet you in Chicago. I don't I think. Get, I, I think we met like maybe, maybe once okay. or twice. Maybe I can't remember. Lisa. Well, sure. see, Lisa and I weren't speaking oh. until I moved back here. So, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I know this. I know this story. We touched on the story. Okay. Um, I I remember meeting you in my mind the first time when we were at McCarran Park that one time and Megan and Lisa were there. Okay. This was like a few years ago. I remember seeing you in Chicago. I, I don't yeah, know sure. where, how. I was, I was around. Else. I was still in comedy. Right, right. Lisa and I were just like okay. speaking okay. or acknowledging. Sure, sure, sure. Got it. It could have been a town hall pub. I don't know. <laughs> yes, I would have been around there. And I know, like, Lane knew you. Yes, yes, yes. For me, sometimes, it, I kind of occupy this, like, weird place in the comedy world mm-hmm. because I do know so many people and I have so many friends. And it's not because I'm Lane's girlfriend. It's because... I had other yeah. friends who started doing comedy, and yeah. then I made all these friends, mm-hmm. and then I met Lane. Mm-hmm. Um, so oftentimes people, or I don't, I think it's more about me. I'm not really sure where to place myself all the time. So sometimes it does take me a few times to meet people because to remember them because I kind of put myself in this beta place uh-huh. in the comedy community uh-huh. because I, I'm not a comedian, right? And so. 
And I've had people be super weird about I that. I know, you told me that. So it kind of, it becomes like the self-preservation, but then mm-hmm. also like this weird paying respect to the craft. Because oh, God. I, but I, I do respect it, though. That's the thing, yeah, you know? Yeah. And also just a, a an acute awareness of the people who I've met who don't do comedy but really want to. Huh. And oh, I see. What you're I, I'm not that person, even wanna, though I'm exuberant. Like, do you want? Like, do you like to like make that clear to people? I, I mean, I don't do. I'm, I don't meet people, and I'm like, I've never wanted to do comedy. Right, right, right. <laughs> because there is a fine line that I have mm. where it's like, no, I don't do comedy, but I still like attention, and I like to perform, and I'm a creative person. It's just in other capacities right, right. because you know, comedy. It's like. Nothing exists. Like when people are in it, in it's it, horrible. it's like this yeah. black pit. Of oh, it's horrible. Comedy is the only art. No, no, <laughs> it's like everyone's jerking each other off. It's like even you though know, most comedians to make any money have to act or do other yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, of course. Or but of course, of course. But like how? But also, just like how boring is that? Right. I know. <laughs> so I think it's like part of me where um, I become. A different type of social it. person uh-huh. in comedy settings, I mm-hmm. guess, the long-winded way of saying that. Um, but I'm sure we did meet, and I just put you on a little shelf until I was ready. Yeah, I'll see him in a couple to years. Crystallize, and here we are. <laughs> yeah, here we are. I know. I mean, I love Chicago, but yeah. I am so happy to be in New York. Yeah, me too. I feel the same way. I don't know if I'm a New Yorker through and through forever, but I do. I'm 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 fine here for mm-hmm. the time being. Yeah, there is Here's that there is that sort of fine line too where you can be too New York. Mm. <laughs> where it's like yeah. all right, relax. Yeah. Like there are other places that are good it's too. It's not it's not my place. Yeah, exactly. It's not for me. I mean I I, I think if I weren't pursuing something in in the arts, I don't think I would be here. Well, especially if you grew up in Westchester and chose yeah. to go to Binghamton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. A telling, a oh, telling yeah. Option. Like exactly. <laughs> and then go to I'm, Chicago. I, I know it's like to, to keep sort of pushing away New York City. Yeah. I, but I, yeah, it's just not. It's not necessary. I am like extremely sensitive. I, I'm not a night owl. I like quiet. Yeah. It's not. It's not an ideal place for me. Yeah. Also, being a comedian is not an ideal. <laughs> job for me either because I I don't even like staying out late so it's like you know what's going on here right yeah but here we are it's, it's your calling you got here we are do you, you think know? LA is in your future yeah I do I do I'm going to visit in a few months nice um I don't know I mean uh, you know we'll see we'll see what happens yeah I mean I think LA is great I like mm. it obviously the weather is nice mm-hmm. I just Save your LA is better than New York things. It's like everyone. Relax, no one cares. I don't. You know, it's so it's it, so boring. I'm not. And I was. I was trying to steer the conversation because I was like, we're not going to go in that direction. Well, right, right. It's all just but it's whatever is your preference. Who yes. cares? Yeah. Like where you like. Like where you like. Live where you live. Let people be. If you're only a, you don't have to live anywhere for the rest of your eternity. Exactly. People move all the time. Exactly. I would live your truth. If I if I like had my druthers, I would move probably to like Washington State. Oh, and like oh yeah, like in the woods. Yeah, I mean, I would wear. Yeah, like I, uh, you know, that's where I see myself. But I would be a shut in, and no one would ever hear from me. I'd be a hermit. Maybe what will happen for you? Uh Well, this is what I envision for you. Okay, let's hear. You will become a successful Mm -hmm. comedian slash Mm -hmm. writer slash actor. Mm -hmm. Successful meaning make your full living off of that, Mm -hmm. and then and make well make enough to where you can be. You know how actors oftentimes have like estates in Montana. 
Yeah. You will just have your estate, like, in, like, British Columbia or something like that. <laughs> like, you will be going, well, you will have, you will create your own forest festival, and people will come to around your estate, and it will be, like, this chic place where people are, and you'll have your family, and wow. that will all work out. And then you'll, you'll obviously travel, like, to New York and LA when you need to. That sounds incredible. I love my life. It's all happening. It's all happening. It's coming together. It's coming together. Yeah. Um, so I guess along those lines, though, what do you, what do you envision for yourself as far as, I mean, I guess we've touched on it, but as far as, like, feeling like you're following your truth and like you're living the healthiest life for you yeah. and you're you're thinking about all of these things that make us hmm. whole whole individuals what yeah. do you what do you see crystallizing that for you as you go along uh, that's a great great question i think that for me it's like a very it's a it's an effort to stay happy i would say okay. i think that um a trait of many comedians yeah <laughs> It takes it's a lot true. of work to stay happy, mm-hmm. and it's it's a constant constant effort. And it's like I know the things I have to do to sort of be my best self and my, and feel the most whole. Um, you know, that's like getting enough sleep, exercising, writing, journaling, um, having a, a lot of alone time mm-hmm. is really important to me. Um, but I also think like continuing to um, push myself in those ways, like trying to rewire my brain um, in terms of dating and, mm-hmm. and trying to, uh, you know, look at things in a way that, that scare me a bit. Because I think that I, I think that I'm very easily vulnerable with my friends, but it's, I, I'm very walled up when it comes to relationships. So I'm trying to open myself up in that way. Yeah. You know, and that's, Scary and, and and very very hard for me. If you met this person that you did feel confident with mm-hmm. and comfortable with and open with, mm-hmm. and they did not want to have children, how do you think that would be a deal breaker? Or no, I don't. I I, I don't. I'm I'm not. I'm not like. Uh, I don't feel as strongly about kids that it would be a deal breaker for for me. I love kids, but I. If I if I found someone who I really loved who who said to me you know it's just not not for me or mm-hmm. it's, I I think that there are other things that we could we could do together or you know felt very passionate about not having kids I I don't it would not be a deal breaker no so then on the flip yeah if you <clears throat> and not that I believe yeah. this will ever happen if you didn't find that person that you mm-hmm. felt comfortable with mm-hmm. do you think you would try to have a child on your own. No. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Um, I think... I think if I... If I had the means to, like, just give myself, like, a very beautiful life, like we were talking about, just, like, mm-hmm. in the woods, on my own, sort of, like, with an estate. A able to fest. sort of leave the <laughs> That's what I want. That's what like, I want to come. Because, <laughs> like, when I think about my dream, when I think about the... Uh, you know, when I, when I have the means to, like, really... Um, you know, allow myself to to have a comfortable life. Like I think about giving back to my 
friends and family and being able to to do things for people that I love. Yeah. But there's never, for me, been the image of like having a kid and, yeah. and, and doing that. It's always been... Creating more people to do things for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always been like, it's, I've always, what excites me the most is like, is giving back to people that yeah. I love, like my friends and family being able to be like, I'll take you on vacation or like, I'll... I'll um, even some, even simpler than that, just like taking someone for dinner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it just feels so good to yeah. just give to people that you love. It's like, there's nothing better, mm-hmm. I, you know, than, and I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. So yeah. it's like, that's the dream for me is to yeah. be able to like show my 100%. love and gratitude yeah. to the people who I already have in my life. Yeah. That's like, so I got to get on this because my friend's kids are getting old (laughs) but um my our goals have always been to have like auntie julia camp so when they're like old old enough like 12 13 where they still think i'm cool enough but like old enough to get around and all of that to come and stay with me for like a little while and do new york things and just like be able to like to like just shower them with like you know what I mean? Like, take them to your favorite restaurants yeah. and just, like, maybe take them shopping or take them to a museum. It's, yeah. like, to give that to someone, it's, like, it's the best. It's so yeah. joyful. And that, I, that's what I think about. Like, yeah. when I when I think about myself sort of down the road, it's, like, to be able to give back to the people that I love. Yeah. But it's not, not necessarily a kid. Not a kid of my own. I don't yeah. feel, like, strongly about that. But if you meet the right person, and, and we both want to, align, and the stars align, yeah. and you know, um, maybe you're open. I'm open, but I, yeah, I, yeah I'm not. I'm no. It's just not the end goal. No, mm-hmm. no. I think that's a good. I think, you know, even though I think we're still very young, I do think it's powerful at this phase of our lives to be able to understand that about ourselves, yeah. like where kids fall into our place. Um, one of the things that I started this year with Not the Mama is a book club. Mm-hmm. And we just finished our first book um, a couple weeks ago called Selfish, Shallow, and Self-Absorbed. And it's an anthology of 16 writers on the choice to not have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all have all of these you know, various reasons or whatever. But one of the things that kept coming up, and it's something that I think a lot of people in the child-free community talk about a lot because it's a refrain that we hear positioned to us all the time, like, well, what if you have regrets someday? You know, you can't... There comes a point where you can't go back. You can't do it. Well, that's true of kids, too. People certainly do regret their children. Mm -hmm. Not everybody just loves them. There's a lot of problems. Few will admit that. Exactly. Um, But also, who has a life lived without regrets? Right. Right? Like, it's a very difficult... I mean, I'm not saying that's impossible, but that's a very difficult thing to accomplish, regardless of your choice to have children or not. Right. And um, I just think, like, all that we can do as people who are constantly figuring ourselves out is to just assert ourselves in the point where we're at, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think, like, yeah. I think the difference between your early 30s as opposed to your late 20s is people do give you more credence when you state opinions mm-hmm. about yourself especially mm-hmm. if you're a woman because everyone thinks mm-hmm. my are drying up as it is so mm-hmm. it's like oh she must be serious now you know whereas when I was like 23 and saying all of this stuff they didn't want to listen to me but I think it's true of all people in general like I think your 30s are more of the time where you can kind of have 
more clear thoughts right. about what it is that you're looking for. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't, you don't have to have all the answers. I don't think that at any point in your life you have all the answers. Um, but I do think it's a powerful place to be, to kind of be open enough, but also kind of know yourself enough to right. say, I would prefer a partner over a child, right. you know? Right. And some people have the reverse of that, and that's cool too. Um, but it's sometimes I think it is harder to say. People understand wanting kids, I think, more than they understand wanting commitment. Right. Because I think commitment people can't figure out, you know. But kids, it's like, I know your kid has to love you, even though that's not true. <laughs> no way. Yeah. It's all interesting. You know what you should do? Okay, so. We were talking a little bit about this in the pre-pod, um, pre-pre-pod, since we had to do two takes. But um, when I was explaining to Drew that I, I'm i from Alaska, because it's the cold rush right now in New York and all these places, and obviously that's a result of climate change, and I was telling the story about uh, traveling to Alaska to see my family and seeing disappearing glaciers within a period of six years. Anyway, long story to get to... You should try, so there is a comedy club in Anchorage, Alaska that flies people out, and my friend Joe Kilgallen, do you, yeah, did you know yeah, him in Chicago? Yeah. He's actually doing it in oh, March. Cool. You should try to do it, because I think you would love Anchorage. Really? Yes, and there are so many cool people there. Like, if you like the Pacific Northwest, yeah, like, you yeah. have to go to Alaska at some point. <sighs> And how cool would it's it be if so you got beautiful. to go for, yeah, comedy, for comedy and then stay like a couple extra days yeah. or something? Because wow. it's like a pretty fascinating place. Anchorage? Like, yes. Mm. Um, and I think it's so try. beautiful. It is. It's gorgeous. I mean, Alaska is just breathtaking. Actually, the so coming up with your forest festival idea. <laughs> I love it. I, I love went, that you're pushing this. Love when this I first. went in um, 2006, <laughs> my cousin, who's around the same age as me, and it was just kind of kismet because like a bunch of our friends were there at the same time, which is such a random thing yeah. to have happen when you're in Alaska. But we had so many friends there at the same time, and there was they don't do it anymore, I don't think, but um, there's this place called Girdwood, which is up in the mountains, and it's not too far away from Anchorage. But um, they used to have this forest music festival, and it was literally, like, all of my dreams come true. It was the best experience ever. It was, the air is so fresh, and there's just so many hippies out there, but they're, like, not the annoying kind that you would find at, like, annoying music festival. It was, like, very, like, alternative, very, like, indie, but not obnoxious you know like everyone actually lived their truth and yeah. so it wasn't put upon mm-hmm. um but it was such a cool thing and so you okay. should definitely go up there wow. your vibe is very uh very anchored vibe okay love yeah. it i can't wait to go i'll you i'll actually ask joe how he got that gig in anchorage Let because me know. it seems i want to tell everyone to do it if they're booking people from yes. chicago yes Everyone's got to go to Anchorage. I'm going to tell all my cousins to go see all my friends. Yes. <laughs> they would love it. There's, like, not that much to do of all course, the time. Of course, of course. Is there only one comedy club? I'm sure. I don't know, oh, actually. Okay. I don't know. There's, like, a ton. I mean, huh. Anchorage is a pretty big city, yeah. considering. But, of course, you know, in the summer, everything's more active. Yeah. But people also leave and travel during the summer, too. So cool. I don't know. But I'm going to try I'm to in. get you up there. I'm coming, Anchorage. Look out. Drew Anderson. <laughs> 
Forest Fest preview <laughs> for his future. <laughs> Maybe we'll meet someone in Anchorage. Hi. That would be cool. Feels like this feels like a hallmark. I day. know. I Valentine's Day love. Oh my gosh, it's all coming together. Yep, full circle. Just yes. back to V Day. Maybe they call V Day. Anchorage. V Day, yes. Yes. Anchorage. Finding my anchor in Anchorage. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh my god, that would be so cool. And then you could live part time in LA and just, I mean, you could get up to Anchorage. Just... I've flown from LA to Anchorage. It's like six hours. That's wow. not bad. Okay. I'm right. kind of, we're just putting it out there. Putting it into out the there. Into the world, into the universe. You'll love it. Especially if you like solitude and alone oh, time. Oh yeah, I sure do. That. Like, cool. Very cool. All right. Well, let's wrap things up. Okay. But Drew, thank you so much for this oh, very good chat. Thank you so much. It. This was a true pleasure. So fun. Yes. So fun. Thank you so much for being yeah. here. So... Why don't you tell people about your upcoming Sweetheart show? Sure, sure. I um, I co-host a show called Sweethearts of Comedy. Um, it's at Union Hall in Brooklyn. The next one's going to be Monday, March 4th. Is that yeah. what? Yeah, okay. Monday, March 4th at 8 p.m. Awesome. It's going to be an amazing lineup. T- TBD. Yeah, um, but of course amazing. Amazing. And well, Union Hall is fun to hang out at. Yeah, it's so fun. I co-host the show with Tim Platt, who's uh, a delight. He's yes. also in Handmaid's Tale. The great musical. actor as well. um, Great actor. Uh, it's going to be fun. Cool. So come on out. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah. listeners, thank you so much for tuning in again. Um, I haven't been plugging this enough, but please, please, please subscribe, rate, and review um, to Not The Mama. We are doing a push. Right now, we, we've we been happily stuck at 42 reviews for the last couple of months, so I really want to get to 50. So if you have been listening and you haven't done it yet, please do it. It does help do it. Please do it. Takes only a couple minutes. You can say whatever you want as long as it's nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, you can you can be honest, but yeah. if it's gonna be mean, honest, just, just email me. So exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> tell your friends to listen because again, this is all creating conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and connections. Um, and if you are feeling connected to this, why wouldn't your friends feel connected to this? Right? Right. Something to think about. Sure. Why wouldn't your friends like this if you do? Right. Uh, <laughs> but also, just a reminder, the February Book Club selection is Confessions of a Child-Free Ro- Woman, written by Marsha Davis. And I'm very excited to announce that Marsha is going to be a guest on the pod at the end of the month to talk about her book and her life experiences. Great. So please read that. You can get her book on Amazon. Um, And she's got like a great story that everyone will be um, interested to read and definitely all about a life without regrets um, and being child-free. So check that out. Um, and if you have any questions for me, obviously email notthemamapod at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at notthemamamedia. Thank you so much. I hope you all have a wonderful Valentine's Day, yeah, however you day. celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will talk soon. Bye. Bye.